You're listening to Sort of Spiritual. Not too long ago, I never would have called myself a spiritual person. But in the past few years, I've gone from being broke, sick all the time, feeling trapped in a job that made me miserable, to easily building a six-figure business, finding the most incredible partner, and creating the freedom to live my life. And along the way, it looks like I've become sort of spiritual. In this podcast, I'm going to bring you the most impactful tools and lessons I've found for personal and spiritual growth. In season one, we're diving into human design, my favorite tool for self-awareness, easy alignment, and the catalyst behind my massive life upgrade. I'm so grateful you've chosen to join me on this journey. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me here on the very first episode of this sort of spiritual podcast. I wanted to start at the very beginning. So if you're brand new to human design, this will give you a bit of a foundational understanding of what human design is, where it came from, and I want you to feel like you are set up for success as you continue to learn human design. Even if you've been in the human design world for a little while, there might be something new here for you. There might be a bit of a different way of how I look at things or my perspective on the system. I am so excited to be able to share this with you. I get messages from people all the time saying, I'm brand new to human design. Where should I start? What should I do? Listen to this episode. It will give you a great foundation. I share some other resources that I've already created that will help you to continue to build that foundation for human design. So today we're getting into what human design is, where to find your design, some of the basic principles of design, a little bit about the founder and some of the controversy there as well. If you don't know how human design was started, this might surprise you. I'll also talk a bit about how it actually works, like what do the planets and stars in our birth time have to do with it all. I actually find human design to be a very grounded and practical system, but built on a foundation of things that earlier in my life I never would have been able to get behind, but it just drew me in like nothing else has. So that's what we're talking about in this episode, and I have so much more coming in this first season of the Sort of Spiritual podcast. I've already recorded a bunch of episodes. I'm like literally bouncing <laughs> because I just can't wait to share them with you. One of my gifts in my human design chart is the ability to share transformational information in a way that makes sense. And I feel a little like uh, saying that because I'm not really one to toot my own horn, but it was a gift where at first I was like, how is this even useful? Like, ugh, I wish I had a better gift, you know? And then I realized that's exactly what I built my entire business on. <laughs> and that's really what I'm here to share with you as well. So my intention is this resonates with you, that you learn something new and that you are set up for this journey of a lifetime that is human design. I won't talk about the episode any longer. Let's get into it. I can't wait to hear what you think. Here we go. All right, so we're gonna start at the beginning with what is human design. In the simplest terms, I always say it's a system for knowing yourself. 
It's an amalgamation or a synthesis of different systems. So it's based off of other ancient systems like Western astrology, the chakra system, a Chinese system called the I Ching, the Tree of Life from Kabbalah, as well as some modern systems. And it's calculated from your birth time, date, and location. And what this does is it gives you a map of who you're designed to be or a body graph as we call it in human design. I think it's important to respect the systems that human design draws from and to try to learn a little bit about them if you really go deeper into human design. One of the ones that I really loved learning about specifically is the I Ching. So if any of those call to you as you are on this journey, I definitely recommend going into them because they'll help you understand more of the system and it's not necessary to dive into them individually, but I definitely like to give respect to these systems that human design draws from. One of the things I've come to love about human design that would have probably had me rolling my eyes a couple of years ago is that it's based on your birth data. So your birth time, date, and location. And one of the challenges I always had with these personality tests that I was so obsessed with that I would do every one that I could get my hands on was that they require you to answer a questionnaire. At that time, I had such little self-awareness and I don't think I'm alone in that problem. So either I didn't have the awareness when I was answering the questionnaires or my ego would get in the way and I would answer the questions as my ideal self or it's like how I would like to be in these situations or how I would in a perfect world respond to these. So I would either get results that weren't accurate or the results would change all the time. And this is also tricky because I know that not everyone has their birth time. I do have a YouTube video. I'll link to that below in the show notes. And if you don't know what your birth time is, I give you some suggestions as to some things that you can possibly do to either help figure that out or to play with your human design anyways, even if you don't know the exact time. I also really like to approach human design with this idea that we already know who we are. And human design is the system that helps us to remember that. You don't need human design, but at the same time, a lot of us really can be helped by it because we've been taught or we've been conditioned to be something that we're not. And we're really conditioned away from our true self. And in that sense, human design can help us rediscover or remember who that true self is and how we can get back into alignment with that. I was so nervous when I first started doing human design readings because human design felt so true and so real and so life-changing for me, and I was worried that other people wouldn't feel the same way and they wouldn't resonate with it and it wouldn't be accurate for them. But as I did more and more and more readings, people are not surprised when I do readings for them. There isn't anything shocking in your human design chart. And there might be something shocking in the sense of like, oh my gosh, that's in there. You can see that. But it's not telling you that you're some way completely different than who you really know at your core. If you were yourself, this is who you would be. You may not have been allowing yourself to be that way, and that's very different. You could be acting very different, presenting very different from your human design, but people, in my experience, always resonate with their design, and it's like, mm, yeah, okay, this is me. Human design is also called the science of differentiation, and I love this because it's really based on this idea that we are all unique. We are all so unique. We all have a unique design with a unique purpose. 
but we live in a society that often moves us towards homogenization or being the same. And that's really a part of how we get so conditioned away from ourselves because we think the way that we are is not good enough or we should be different because we see how someone else is different and we think we should be more like them. But that person also is probably seeing that they're different from someone else and they should be more like that. And so often I find we try to move towards this average, this homogenized average as a standard of what we should be like when there is no actual average in that sense. There is no sort of ideal. We are all unique. We are all individuals and we're really here to live out that quality within ourselves instead of trying to be like other people. So I really love the differentiation aspect for human design. It has helped me so much in terms of comparison because I can look at my design and I can look at someone else's design and in previous times when I may have been like, oh gosh, they're so like this and why am I not like that? And when I see the body graphs, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's clear. <laughs> Human design is not a religion or a belief system any more than astrology is a belief system. I mean, I totally get that some people don't believe in it and that's fine, your prerogative, do whatever you want with your life. But it's not a religion, it's not something you have to believe in. It is a system to experiment with. It's a tool that gives us strategies to help us get into alignment with who we're designed to be. And I really think of it as a user's manual for who you are or who you came to be in this lifetime. If you're brand new to human design and you don't know where to find your human design, you don't need to do this right now, but definitely do this if you're going to continue to listen and learn human design. You can go to mybodygraph.com. I'll have a link in the show notes. This is one of my favorite places for beginners for two reasons. It breaks it down quite clearly in terms of the most important things you want to look at for your human design, and it also creates an account for you so you can have this library of human design charts because as you get into this, you are going to start asking people for their birth time <laughs> and their birthday and looking up their human design. And as you get this more, you're going to be like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person's this, or I totally thought this. And oh my gosh, it's so interesting to see it. So I love that it builds a little library for you to see different people, different family members, friends, however you want to look up people, celebrities. I've definitely done that before. <laughs> I also personally use Genetic Matrix, but I don't find it as beginner friendly. It also has a function where you can build a library. And so again, I think it's really helpful, especially if you go more into human design, because then you're not looking up your chart every single time, like you have to with some other free human design software. But you can also just Google free human design body graph or free human design chart, and you'll probably find some other options that are out there too. Once you do this, you are gonna get what's called a body graph. So it's gonna look like a, a little torso with nine different shapes, squares and triangles and whatever on it, and a bunch of lines. and that's called a body graph. I have a whole YouTube video that talks more about the different pieces if you want to see what you're actually looking at and understand it better. It was the first YouTube video I ever filmed. I literally blacked out and recorded the thing a couple of years ago and like called my boyfriend afterwards and was like, uh, I just blacked out and filmed a YouTube video. But that will describe it there and help you understand what you're looking at. And on your body graph, you will notice that you will have some shapes and some lines that are going to be colored in or white. And so when we talk about our design, we usually refer to the colored in parts. In design, we say that this is our definition. Something I want 
us to all remember when it comes to human design is that we all have access to the entire body graph. We all have access to all of the qualities, but the colored in parts or our definition is what's consistent for us. So in a way, I think of human design as understanding human archetypes and humanity as a whole when we look at the entire body graph, as opposed to just looking at the individual definition of our own body graph. And most people, that's where they work in with human design is our own definition, and that's great. But as we learn different pieces of human design, I think it really helps us to understand humanity from the perspective of all of these different archetypes that exist in all of us, whose potential exists in all of us. I also like to look at our definition, so what's colored in in our body graph, as limiting in a good way. So hear me out. This is what I mean by limiting in a good way. I read somewhere years ago that if you have a playground that has a fence around it versus a playground without a fence, people will actually use more of the playground when it has a fence. So when there's a fence, people will go right to the edges. They'll play in the whole space of the playground where if there isn't a fence, people actually stay closer to the center or to whatever that kind of core of the playground is and they won't really wander out too far even if the playgrounds are really the same size. So I look at the definition kind of as our fences. When we understand ourselves and our quote-unquote limits, we can really play more fully in who we are and the rest, the parts that we're not or the parts that aren't our strengths, they don't really matter. Again, I'm going to say quote-unquote limiting, but it's not limiting because it's just giving us more space to actually be who we are and explore who we are and preventing us to a degree of going into the parts of us that actually aren't really us or don't really feel good or aren't really in alignment. So I look at it as limiting in a good way. It's also helpful in the sense of living in a world of infinite possibilities, we need some limits. At least I need some limits. Can you imagine if you woke up every day and had a million choices to make for everything? It would be too much. We need to have our preferences. We need to have our strengths. And so in that sense, I don't find human design limiting in a bad way. I find it limiting in a good way of helping us understand ourselves. You know, it's kind of like with your wardrobe, when you know what looks good on you, you know what colors look good on you, you know what styles look good on you. It makes it a lot easier to get dressed. You can see something and immediately you're like, not a chance. That color is going to make me look like I am deathly ill. That's the case for me with a lot of colors anyways. <laughs> so when you get your body graph, the most important things to see are your type, strategy, and authority. There are five types from my perspective. Some people say four, I say five, and each type has its own strategy. So type and strategy go hand in hand. We have manifestors, which are about 10% of the population. That's what I am, in case you're wondering. We have generators, which are about 37% of the population. We have manifesting generators, and this is where the fourth or fifth type comes in because some people look at manifesting generators as generators, and some people call them their own type. So I like to refer to them as their own type. They are about 33% of the population. We have projectors, which are about 20% of the population, and then reflectors, which are about 1% of the population. So those are the five types. And then each type has its own strategy. I'm going to be going more into this in future episodes, and I do also have a YouTube video if you want to get a bit of an overview of these right now and you don't want to wait for a future podcast to come out, you can definitely do that. 
So that's the type and strategy goes along with each type. We'll get into that in the episodes as we cover that later. So strategy and type is how we move through the world energetically with the least amount of resistance. And then we have authority. Authority is how we're designed to make decisions. I already recorded an episode for you on authority that I'm really excited about. I love authority. I think it's such a powerful tool. I think it might actually be the most powerful part of human design if you do nothing else but learn your authority. I think that's a great tool for you to use. Going back to this idea of what is defined or colored in in our body graph also kind of plays into this discussion of nature versus nurture. In human design, we often talk about conditioning. So we've been conditioned to be a certain way, which is usually away from who our true selves are. And that's the nurture aspect. So our definition, the parts of us that are colored in, that's what I look at as our nature. That's how we were designed. But then we have the nurture aspect. We have all this conditioning we've taken in from people around us, from society of how we should be and what our interests should be and how we should operate. And this is how people do things. And so a big part of human design is called deconditioning. And it's really this idea of releasing from us the things that are not us, releasing these things that we've learned to be and letting go and coming back to ourselves. Deconditioning and becoming yourself takes time, but it is so worth the time and the effort. In my opinion, I'm going to share more about my story and my transformation with human design in another episode, but I really think it's one of the most powerful things you can do if it's something that you really feel called towards. One of my favorite quotes ever is never give up on a dream just because of the time it will take to accomplish it. The time will pass anyway. And I look at this with human design where sometimes my students or my clients get frustrated because they have found human design and they can sense it's going to be so powerful for them, but they've been experimenting with it for, I don't know, two weeks or two months or something, and they feel like they're not there yet. And that's okay. Take your time. The time is going to pass anyways. You are going to become more of yourself gradually if you're using these tools. And so give yourself that ease and kind of relax into the whole experiment of it instead of trying to force it or feeling like you should be somewhere other than where you are. One of the things I like to note with human design, especially for my students, I have an online program called HD School where I teach human design. And this is something that I share with them a lot that human design is a quantum system. It's not linear. It's not like you have to learn this, then this, then this, then this. There is kind of a recommended flow to how I think it's an easier way to learn, but it's a quantum system that we need to break apart in order to teach it, in order to learn it. So if I could just give you, if I could just download into your brain the whole system and everything that I know about human design, and listen, I still have more to learn. I'm still learning all the time. That would be so lovely. However, I don't know how to do that yet. (laughs) So we need to break it apart in order to learn it. But the more you learn the different pieces, the more the pieces you've already learned are going to make sense. So if something is kind of like, ah, like I sort of get what you're saying, but I'm, mm, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Just let it kind of settle in. And as you continue down this human design journey, as you continue learning about this, you're going to be like, oh, oh my gosh, I totally get now when she was talking about this. Like I understand it in a totally new way. And that's perfect. So just allow it to be. Don't worry if it's not all clicking in immediately from the get-go. 
Okay, so let's talk about Ra Uruhu. If you don't know who that is, he is the founder of human design. He was born Alan Robert Krakauer. He has taken the name of Ra Uruhu, and he's the one that downloaded this system. So in 1987, he had an encounter with the voice, as he called it, for eight days where he downloaded the system and he has continued to download pieces over the years. He has since passed away. There's a whole video on YouTube where he talks about the experience if you're interested in that. And I have so much gratitude for him and for bringing this system to us. And there's a fair amount of controversy around him as well in terms of allegations of mistreatment of staff and other people. There's allegations from certain people that as he got further on in his career, there were times where he needed money and that some of the later teachings in human design may not have been channeled, but were created by him so that he could get the funds that he needed. I don't know what is true and what is not. What I do know is that some parts of human design really resonate with me and some parts don't. So I teach and I use what really resonates and what I find to be really helpful. And then I distance from some of the rest of it. And so I encourage you to do the same with anything. Human design is a system that really teaches you to trust yourself. The more you can trust yourself, the more you can discern for yourself what is like, yes, I feel so called for this. This feels so right for me. And what is like, no. And to the stuff that you say no to, I'm not saying that it is not legitimate or isn't helpful. It just might not be right for you. And that's totally okay. When I've learned from Ra, I've listened to many, 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 many of his lectures in the past few years. He doesn't always come across as a very kind or loving man. And occasionally he does. There are some moments that are just so beautiful and so lovely, but he can have a bit of a doom and gloom uh, feeling to some of his teachings that are difficult for people or that feel really disempowering for people. And sometimes I feel like I'm here to translate those teachings because I see them as being so powerful and so empowering and so positive. And I've also been hugely influenced by one of my human design teachers, Karen Curry. She is definitely my favorite human design teacher, and she really is the one that has helped me to create that empowering perspective around human design. I'm so grateful for her and her teachings as well. So within this conversation, we kind of have this old versus new paradigm in human design. And there's been a bit of a divide in the human design community in the past year or so. One part seemingly really wanting to preserve the integrity of the original human design system and only speak of the work and only use the work exactly as it was initially transmitted. And that's not quite true because it was transmitted in sort of chunks over the years, but that kind of initial system. And then there are people like me and like so many other people who have more of a positive, more of an empowering spin on human design. And there's potentially some animosity between the two sides sometimes. I really don't have much of an interest in saying that one is better than the other. 
I believe that you are the authority in your own life and you can follow the the teachers, you can learn from the people, you can learn from the systems, the websites, whatever that resonate with you because those are going to be the best. And some people are gonna really resonate with how I teach human design and some people aren't and that's okay. That's one of the things that human design has really taught me and helped me to understand how my energy connects with some people and it's just not going to connect with other people. If you're called to get more into human design, find the sources that resonate with you and be wary of the sources that use fear-mongering tactics to make you feel like you're not legitimate or like you're not good enough or that you need to learn it in a specific way. Okay, now to talk a little bit about how does human design actually work? This was something that I was so curious about at first and it's based on this idea of neutrinos. And if you've never heard of those, you're not alone. I certainly hadn't before I found human design. It's essentially this idea, how I like to put it, that we are turned on or created or imprinted by stardust. I'm not going to go too deep into this, but basically neutrinos are stardust, or sometimes they're called the breath of stars. And they are tiny, tiny, tiny particles, smaller than atoms, that are constantly passing through us, through the earth, through the sky, through everything. If you imagine... You know those afternoons when the sun's streaming in the window and it looks like the room is empty, but then all of a sudden the sun hits it just right and you can see all of the dust and everything and all these little particles floating around. It's kind of like that, although these things are much, much, much smaller. However, even though they're so small that they can pass through dense, you know, physical, tangible objects, including us, they have mass and mass carries information. And so allegedly this is what imprints us when we're born that have kind of like turned on different pieces of us that make us all different and unique. And so that's why when you're looking at your human design, your birth time matters, the location matters, because that exact time is really important in knowing what the planets were, what we were being imprinted with at that moment. If you want to learn more about human design, of course, I'm creating this podcast to be a resource for you. I do have some videos on YouTube that teach different aspects of human design. As I mentioned, I have an online program called HD School, which teaches you the entire system. And there are so many other teachers, programs, resources about human design that you can find as well, both free and paid. So definitely do some Googling, find something if you're interested in learning more about this. Ultimately, I don't care if you use human design. I don't care about the system specifically. I care about you, about us being happy. I care about us understanding who we are and being able to be self-expressed. And if you already know that, if you already are self-expressed, if you are already feeling so in alignment, amazing. And if you find a different system that works better for you, that resonates more with you, amazing. If I find something that works better, I will definitely be sharing that with you too. So I'm not attached to human design in any way, but it is something that has been so powerful for me and so many people that I've worked with. So I wanna share that with you. All right, friends, I mentioned a bunch of resources and YouTube videos. So if you want the links for those, they will be in the show notes for you. If you are wanting to continue with human design, it would mean so much to me if you would subscribe. And I'm hosting a little contest. I don't do readings right now for people who aren't students of mine in HD school, 
but I have an opportunity for some of you to win one. Reviews are a big deal in the podcast world, and as a new podcast, they really help get it out to more people. So for every 25 reviews I receive, I'll do a little raffle and someone will win a free human design reading with me. I can't wait to meet Whoever wins this, it's going to be so fun. I love doing readings. So you'll need to send a screenshot of your review to hello at sortofspiritual.com before you submit it. Because once you submit it, it kind of like disappears into the, I don't know, approval world for a couple of days. So you won't be able to find it. And if you don't email it, I will have no way of knowing who submitted what and can't contact you when you win. So all of the details will be at sortofspiritual.com slash podcast. So you can have them there if you're like, what did you just say? <laughs> no worries. And if you want to see some behind the scenes actions of how I live my design day to day, as well as some more teaching, come find me on Instagram at sort.of.spiritual. And because I couldn't just release one episode on launch day, the next episode about authority is already ready for you. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the next episode.